0: three two one go ahead and kick us off shane
1: today's episode is brought to you by our sponsors socks hot sauce mucho bueno para tu jamón available in mucho macho verde and el guapo today's euphemism of the day the southern euphemism is he doesn't know whether to check his ass or scratch his watch (laughs)
0: hello and welcome back to another episode of hold on i'm almost there a show about life's little annoyances personal growth dad life and so much more with your hosts frank and shane aka grassle so have a seat do them chores or twist a wrench while we dive down the rabbit hole
1: We're
0: sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Close the damn door, man, you're letting all the Wi-Fi out. Today's guest, he's a husband, a soon-to-be fada, and an all-around outdoorsman. Handsome. Shoots them, cooks them, and eats them. Please welcome today's guest, Colby Scribner. What's going on? Ow! All right, cool. That was lame. Sorry. That was awesome. That was good. <laughs> uh, so today's topics include: tell us about your per your first. Bah, tell us about your first pit fail. What you screwed up on the pit. Um, you enjoy hunting and fishing. Tell us about this outdoorsman. Uh, if you had, since you're going to be having a, a child soon, if you had to name your new human after anyone, who would it be and what would that name be? Lots of responsibility in naming your kid. Um What are your favorite restaurants that are worth the drive? Since we live in Houston, nothing's 20 minutes away. If you really want something spectacular, sometimes you got to drive 30, 45 minutes to an hour. Uh, Since you spend a lot of time out on the range and in open spaces, have you ever run into a UFO or had a UFO sighting? Big country, a lot of stars, and they start moving. Could be a UFO. And then in our dad's corner, how are you preparing for the arrival of your new human? Let's jump right in. Here we go. So let's talk about your first pit fail. Um, You know, what were you cooking? What happened?
2: Man, I swear to one of y'all know this story. That's why we're getting asked this.
0: (laughs) No, I kid you not, man.
2: (sighs) I've cooked a lot of meat, and I've had one pit fell. I was cooking a brisket, I guess it was about a year ago, and uh, it was the night before my brother's wedding shower, so I'm meeting a bunch of family I've never met before, cooking the briskets overnight, so it'll still be warm. I had recently switched to butcher paper over foil, right, you get, keep the good bark, mm mm-hmm. So wasn't wasn't done. I have my new thermometer. Sit it by the bedside. Wait till it gets to 203. Same old story, right? Beeps. The alarm goes off. I get out of bed, like three in the morning, right? I'm half asleep. Had a few beers before bed. Wearing pajama pants. I go outside. I don't even get a pan to put the brisket in, right? I'm oh, so asleep. I just go oh. directly outside and I go to pull this brisket off. Like it's going to have the the rigidness of the foil. And when I pick it up, it just full, fo- it tacos. The meat's so tender, oh. tacos and hot 203 grease just pours from my top of my hamstring all the way down my leg. Oh. I'm wearing pajama pants, granted, right? People sleeping in both of my guest bedrooms waiting for the party the next day. So i rip ripped my pants off outside. I mean, it feels like the, the pants melted into my skin. I rip them off. Oh. I run inside. I look down. I have, I have my, you know, boxers on. They're stuck to my legs. i rip ripped them off. Oh. I grabbed the burn cream. I realize the burn cream is going to do nothing. I need to get this hot oil <laughs> off my legs. So I run. I get in the shower. I run cold water. five, 10 minutes. Nothing, you know, just so the pain's down to the bone get out. I don't want to wake my wife up because she's hosting the party the next day. Right. So I'm like rubbing burn cream on maybe 10 minutes. And I realize like my skin's coming off and I have to wake oh, her up. So, yeah, God. Wake up. We go to the ER. It was, it was bad. And the next day I had this huge bandage all the way down my leg. And all these new people are like, Oh, what did you do? <laughs> you're I'm like an I, idiot. You're like <laughs> my 1,000th brisket. I, uh, I burnt my leg. Wow. It was bad. <laughs>
1: I don't. I don't know if I've ever heard a more horrific story. Did the, oh. But the important part is, did the brisket come out okay? I was going to ask. Were, were you able to, able to feed the masses?
2: I had two briskets on. The second brisket was not to two o three. Oh. So the first brisket came off, and we went to the ER. I came back home. I took the second brisket off with my leg wrapped up, and we ate both of them. The there
0: next you day go, like a like a champ. Briskets That's right.
2: were good. Yeah. I don't That's know America.
0: That's Do you America still right have there. any scars from that grease and from that yeah. burn? Like, what oh my, was okay. the, what was the damage? Like, is a first degree, second degree burn?
2: I mean, I went to one of our freestanding EDs, so I don't think they were gonna go down to the degree. They just put a bunch of good burn cream on it and wrapped it up and told me not to unwrap it for forty-eight hours. And I'll tell you, when I unwrapped it, it was bad. Ooh. I worked. I worked at home for two weeks And nothing but boxers. I had to sit in boxers for two oh weeks on my, my computer. Uh, nice.
1: night. I didn't even know people wore boxers anymore. I thought that was like nineteen nineties kind of stuff. Yeah. So, hey, Jack,
2: old ones out.
0: You know, if you want a good night's sleep, sleep in some boxers, man. It's good stuff. You got your you got your garbage all bound up in some whitey tidies.
1: You got to let the boys breathe.
2: Yep. athletic wear is the only way to go, guys. Yep. Shane
0: over here didn't know that they they sell undergarments or just regular clothing that helps you regulate body temperature. He's like, he's coming, he's thinking up Shark Tank stuff the other day, and he's just like, yeah, man, you need some underwear that lets out the old fart smell. And I was like, they got stuff that does that. Oh well, you need a shirt that uh, helps you breathe you know I was like they got that bro it's it's out there Shark.
2: Tank. maybe if you could make them cheaper Shane they could
0: I, I could
1: I'd, I'd have a redneck discount <laughs>
0: <laughs> would they would they come from the Art Vandalay store of uh, goods it
1: would be it would be like you know Billy Bob's undergarments um, they'd all have a button up the front so that you can so that you have easy access for you know
0: when you got a take care of your business in the backyard is this an offshoot of socks hot sauce socks hot sauce man (laughs) 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 Socks. so speaking of hot sauce uh colby man so uh what kind of hunting and fishing do you do man Uh, i've heard a lot of stories about your fishing um escapades but i've never heard anything about you hunting
2: man we keep it pretty simple we have a small place just the family and uh, a lot of bow hunting that's that's why you've
1: never taken me
2: yeah it's a yeah it's a place we can't bring guests which is unfortunate but it's mainly for family time so it's it's good man i'm going this weekend shooting deers and drinking beers beers.
1: that's everyone in texas
2: i was just about to say what what is that is that a thing where you just
0: tell people that you don't like, you know, I, 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 you know, the, the property
2: belongs to somebody else kind of thing. Yeah. So we don't own our property (laughs) and it is big in Texas. You lease the land, right? So we pay X number of dollars to lease the land for three months in our (laughs) lease agreement. It says that, you know, we can't bring guests. There's four of us. We split it. Yeah. So
1: I, I grew up in Oklahoma where, you know, if I wanted to hunt somewhere, I would go, Make friends with the the local rancher or farmer and I would be like, Yeah, you know, let me hunt your land. I think it looks good. I'll bring you some meat. And they'd say, Okay. I come like, down to Texas and they're like everyone's like, Yeah, I've got this lease land, but no, I can't bring you. Like it I have I've probably
2: brutal business in Texas, man. It is.
1: I've met a couple dozen people that are all about hunting and none of them are willing to take me on their land to hunt and, and maybe that says more about me than it does about the texans
0: that's what i'm thinking They're, they've no they it's a right texas
1: way <laughs> texas way
2: but i'm, I'm like i'll start for fishing man that's where we bring all the people because that's our boat
1: okay. I'll, I'll go fishing with you any day do you fish uh salt water do you fish uh fresh water
2: pretty much salt water 100 a lot of options way offshore we go about 120 miles catch tuna wow oh what kind of boat do some. you have good lord 28 foot Sports. wow spend Jeffy. the night on it it's it's a little small but it, it's it's safe
0: how get, often
2: go ahead shane
1: i'll get together with you man i'll go i'm i'm more of a freshwater fisherman uh having grown up in oklahoma but i've done some saltwater fishing i've i've caught some pretty nice fish uh, in the Gulf of Mexico and I'm always down. I just want to get my
2: line wet. I have a shorter boat. We take for <laughs> snapper. Yeah. And short trips like, you know, bay trips and snapper and stuff. That's what my boat's good for. We'll take it on Conroe occasionally to drink beer and catch catfish, but. So
0: do y'all have a special shirt or like a thing that people have to wear around their neck when you take them out for the first time and they get just awfully sick? Um, I remember uh, when I was younger, my uncle had a boat and one of my uncle, one of my other uncles wanted to go, like he was always asking to go fishing. Yeah, I'm going to go fishing. And they would go like maybe 15, 20 miles off and they would kind of set a hook on one of the oil rigs that was there and kind of fish around that. And man, the uncle that was always complaining to go, he just got just crazy sick they my dad and my uncle kept telling him not to eat these damn bologna sandwiches that his wife had <laughs> packed for him he's like no nah, i'm fine i'm fine 10 minutes later he's like he <sighs> and <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like m- my dad and my uncle both were like uh just go lay down get out of here we shouldn't have brought you
1: Yeah. The first time I went out, um, uh, deep sea fishing was with my dad and my uncle and my cousins and all of us, we were probably maybe 15, 16 years old at the time. And we just all violently threw up over the side of this, of this fishing boat. You know, it was, it's one of those charter boats that's got like 20 or 30 people on it. And, uh, my, my uncle caught a, hammerhead and my dad caught in uh, a shark and the rest of us threw up the whole time like i i think i caught something if i remember back i may have caught one or two fish but i have no idea what it was because i was so violently ill uh i did not have my sea legs on me uh it was it was
2: horrible man this is the best of them (laughs) how many times have you gotten sick going out there man i found out at a pretty pretty early in my 20s what my kryptonite was if i drink beer the night before i'm done and it can be like a beer two beers oh. it doesn't have to be enough to even like fill anything but for whatever reason when i drink the night before i get sick so i never get sick it's happened a couple times and i, I corrected that problem mm. i drink the day of if i want to drink there you go i'm there not driving go. the boat you know
0: so you you mentioned that y'all stay out there um, overnight while y'all are fishing, and you said you said you're a hundred
2: miles offshore. Yeah, we'll sleep on bean bags. The wow. boat doesn't have beds or anything, right? So we just sleep on the deck of the boat on bean bags. We'll drift fish for like swordfish at night, or you know, sometimes we go out there. We're fishing all night. Really, tuna fish and swordfish are the only things we're really gonna fish for at night that far out there. Um, but if we're not fishing, yeah, we just drift and sleep. One person stays awake to make sure we're not in the shipping lane or anything, you know, but, yeah, get some rest. Wow. That's pretty awesome.
0: What, uh, have y'all ever come across any, you know, any stars that kind of hovered over your boat or even (laughs) while y'all are out there hunting, man?
2: I don't know about any UFOs now. I've seen some crazy stuff in the woods, but normally it's in the dark and it's noises and they're not in the sky. Shane could probably attest to that.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, coyote, fox, owls. Owls make the weirdest noise at night, man. They make some noise that make you question your religion.
2: Now, shooting stars and falling planets, I've seen a lot of those. I didn't realize, like, you know, normal city people, some people have never seen a shooting star. I've seen tons and tons. My wife and sister-in-law, the first time we were at the Deerleys, they were – amazed when me and my brother started talking about it i've never seen a shooting star oh wow Uh,
1: yeah that's crazy it's it's always nice when you get out in uh in the rural areas and uh, you can actually see you know a lot more of the stars a lot more of the sky and you do see a lot of shooting stars and uh, i've never seen any any alien craft i know people that think they have but there's something about being out there and being able to look up and see God's nature that just connects you to the rest of the of the world and the rest of society in the way that, you know, Fox News and MSNBC just ain't going to do.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. OK, uh, let's see, man. So you're about to have your very first kid, man. What's that? Uh, what's that going How's that going for you? It's going.
2: You know, COVID's made it weird. Um, I don't know what to think, man.
0: Hmm. I'm a little,
2: uh, we're we're a little bit intimidated. But, you know, we're going to take it, take it in stride. We're ready to go. Somebody asked me if I had everything I needed, and I was like, "I have a shitload of stuff in a room, but I have no idea if I have what I need. (laughs) But if we don't, we'll buy it, right?" You know. Are you Are you prepared for your
1: wife to turn into a completely different human being during uh during birth? Because that's
2: going to happen. I think she already has, maybe. Yeah. No, um, you don't. Yeah. My wife goes out and finds this podcast, then uh, I'm going to be in trouble if I say too much. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: My wife turned into another creature uh she was not the same person at all i think at one point she told me to stop breathing wow. did
2: she did she try to be a hero and not have the you know epidural and drugs
1: yeah my yeah wife started yeah, out with see, that my wife's not gonna you. be a hero yeah, yeah. don't We're... don't be a hero
2: um
1: <laughs> go ahead and take them drugs <laughs> But also, don't tell your husband to stop breathing, because I did. I was straight up. I'm like, okay, whatever you say, honey. And I just held my breath for as long as I could and breathed through my nose and did a didgeridoo kind of breathing there for a little while.
0: It's probably because you asked her to go to her deer lease as she was trying to give
1: birth. (laughs) Get
0: away. Stop breathing. Can't take you. No visitors. Yep. That's the Texas way. So... Uh, I remember for uh, when my wife had her baby shower, um, we had asked people to write down like their best advice to give, you know, because most people were like had kids that were like grown already, you know, 30, 40 year old children. Uh, we know a lot of older folks and man, they came down with some really good stuff. They had it on. We, we have most of the cards still, you know, like don't sweat the big, you know, don't sweat the little stuff. Uh, When they catch your carpet on fire, you know, just put it out and whatever, be fine. Um, But uh, that's leading us into, you know, having to name your kid, right? Um, If you have to name your child after anyone, what would that name be? Because that kind of stays with you at, at least until you're 18 and you can change it, you know?
2: Well, well, well. We didn't uh, we named our kid after who we danced to at our first song at our wedding. Billy Joel. But I don't know if we named our kid like we picked the name and it happened to be his name and maybe you know that's that's why we did it. Um I mean, okay. it works. Jack Jack Johnson. Okay. So, oh, right there on. you go. Yeah. Right. We both like Jack Johnson. Um we danced to it our first song, so yeah. It's a good name. Okay looks good on a resume
0: there you go yeah oh yeah always. for sure
2: i would have i would have middle, middle initial aaron my name my middle okay. name's aaron so with the e or Who with the a a-a-rom oh, a-a-ron what up that? Ern? that's good that's good okay. frank
1: frank how did you how did you guys come up with naming your kids uh
0: so i'm a huge uh bruce lee fan um my first son is named after uh Bruce Lee's first kid and then for my second son like I'm not an over the top Wolverine fan but I like the the persona and the personality and everything that Wolverine was about so we named him Logan Logan um, And the name fits him so well, too, man, because he's just a beast. Like this little dude, um, he's wild, man. He loves to scrap. He loves to just, you know, push your buttons all the time to see what you're going to do next because he's ready to go. He's like, hey, let's go.
1: How much do you think that naming your kid uh, a certain name influences their personality versus you just get lucky and name your kid something that that fits who they are? man like if, like if you had named your kid, you know, Theodore, would he still have that
0: that type of uh, Wolverine personality? I don't think so, man, because um, and you know, I, I, I have no idea. I, I read a lot about uh, after after we named our kids, I was reading about, you know, how names and hearing your name um kind of shapes who you are So they say, like, Kids or people with names that have an R or have a very hard sounding first few letters within the first three letters of their name, they're they're more aggressive and they tend to be um, kind of leaders in a sense to where their their names are kind of brash. You know, like you have a, a, a Shane is like,
1: well, you know,
0: eh, eh, probably roll well right. over. roll over this guy but colby you know you have those hard letters in the beginning dude's an outdoorsman he knows how to cook he knows how to get stuff done you're like an anti-prepper guy over there shanes with the (laughs) um so you know and who knows if there's any truth behind that but i just i thought it was interesting i read that whole article and it, it was pretty good about you, Colby, man, you think anything's
2: true in that? I think you would never pick the name Theodore. <laughs> well, that's, that's I think the person sure. picking the name is gonna be <laughs> is gonna be picking a name that fits their kid, right? Well, I mean, you don't and know your kid, you let, right? If you, let, if you let the wife pick the name, sometimes these wife want to do the you know the modern names, and you might end up with something kind of weird. But you know,
0: bringing back the old names like Aloysius and Pearl and. Things like I don't know
2: Gertrude. My, my wife's easy. She's she's a logical woman, so we we didn't have a problem. Oh, that's good. That's good. It rolls off the yeah, tongue pretty that well. Was it.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I mean it's a solid name. It's a good name. It's the name of a doer.
0: Absolutely yeah man all right cool so let's see we got the name so um since you do a lot of hunting and fishing sounds like you probably make a lot of your food at home so what is a restaurant that is worth the drive for you like something where it's like hey i want to go check this place out right i gotta i got a craving for this and i can't make it at
2: home Man, we could spend an hour talking about restaurants in Houston, right? And they're all far because the city's so big. Heck yeah. But let's see. I was craving oysters today at happy hour. The state of grace is in Houston. They have a great oyster happy hour. They have a great variety of oysters. They also have non-seafood proteins, which is important for the wife. So Mm. I'd say the state of grace.
0: Okay. Where's that at?
2: It's in the city. It really? Um,
1: Downtown the city, of or the heights? The city. You
2: know, I remember a lot of stuff, but I don't remember specifics. <laughs> because I have, you remember that that food is good. I have maps, man. Like, <laughs> do, do I need to know how to get to the State of Grace? It's oh, twenty twenty. I put the State of Grace in my phone, and I go there. <laughs> like, do you, do I know how to drive to my dearlies? Yeah, because I lose signal. I need to know how to get there. Right? Oh so, my god. There's yeah, a star
0: yeah. in the light by seven o'clock. I know that I just, I rolled through that and, and I'm good. Take the a, Mickey Mouse mailbox. The close
2: down gas station. <laughs> <know. Yeah.
0: laughs> Work at the church. There's there's one more Home Depot that's missing the O. I know that I'm really close. I'm about an hour away when I see that.
1: Well, I'm going to tell you all about a place that I think is worth the drive. It's it's out of Houston. It's in Brenham. And I I think it's worth the drive. I'm a huge barbecue fan, as I've mentioned in several episodes. But I'm going to go with Truth Barbecue. They just opened one up in the Heights. I don't know if it's any good in the Heights. Um, I I drove by there, and there was a line a mile long. But if you go out to Brenham, hit them up on a Sunday, wait an hour and a half, have some free beer on them. You know They do the whole Texas thing where they have beer in the cooler waiting for you. You know, maybe they've got some St. Arnold's, or you know, just about anything except Coors Light, just hanging out. Uh, and I think that uh, Truth Barbecue is absolutely worth the drive, worth the wait. Uh, they've been consistent. It, it's uh, it, it takes a little bit of a drive. It's nice country. It's beautiful land out there, and uh, you can after you're done, you can go get some bluebell.
0: Hmm. Mm. Do they still allow tours? Can you just go run by there and pick it up or what?
1: No. Yeah, they do the tours. Uh, not on Sunday, though. Uh, um, so if you want to do the Bluebell thing, you have to do it during the week or on Saturday. But on Sundays, they close down because of Jesus.
0: Gots <laughs> to God's to.
1: So, Frank, what's your what's your drive? What's your location that that you're like, this is the place that's worth that driving across uh Houston which is about the same as driving across
0: three sh- three states in, in in any other area of the country man I, I really don't have one um with my food allergies like i don't really eat out like i used to um the last really good um seafood place that i would drive into it was in downtown and they closed that joker down um. Yeah, it was like a huge falling out with the chef or something, and listeria. Did they have reef?
2: listeria? Was it reef? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Caswell was... kind of went crazy or something. Yeah, uh, something he happened. Went man. off the deep end yeah i think you lost some money and yeah, that was a a sad story that place was successful for a really long time
0: it was it was magnificent um i ate the mussels there Mm. um what else they had oh man they just the snapper there was so delicious everything everything there was really good um but yeah my food allergies after finding out that i can't eat damn near anything unless i want to go sit on the toilet for a hot minute um you know so I just pretty much stay away from it unless I'm at home and I'm I'm ready to take some pain
1: that's that's not awesome um so the snapper was it red snapper or was it was it black
0: it was red have you guys had black snapper you like drum mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's good stuff that's,
1: that's good stuff man mm-hmm. put that on a little
0: cedar plank throw it on the grill it's good stuff what else are you catching out there that you go so far? Like, what what made y'all decide you were like, hey, you know what? We're going to go 120, 130 miles offshore. Is it just because, hey, we got a big boat and some bean bags or what? Man, that blue water. Uh, Something
2: about that blue water and clear mind, man. It's nice. It um, is. One of the other favorite fish we catch out there, especially to eat, it's the lobster fish. It's called tile fish. We catch them about 1,200 foot of water on electric reels. Wow. So, you don't reel anything up. You open a beer. You drop (laughs) your five-pound weight down 1,200 feet. You wait till they bite. You press a button, and it takes about 10 minutes for it to get up. So, you know, you generally drink your beer. comes up. Your fish are there. They taste like lobster. They're delicious. That is the
1: uh, most easygoing fishing I've ever heard of. Have you ever caught uh, a lean
2: I've caught a ling. Yeah. ling. I've
1: it's caught my the biggest fish I ever caught was a ling, which was a little over six feet. Um, and it was the tastiest fish I've had in my entire life. We cut it up just like a just like a steak, grill it on the grill, just like you would do a, a porterhouse. Oh my god, that was the most amazing fish I've ever had in my whole life. And it was giant.
2: It took, me, tell you, you took me 25 minutes. Algae. What's that? Offshore fish. The, the taste of an offshore fish. For the most part, everything you catch out there except billfish, they're all so dang tasty. Everything. So good. Mm. So that's so good. one reason, Frank. I mean, you know, right we on. like to eat what we catch. And all the bay fish here with all the chemicals we put into the water the last few years with that fire and whatnot, I don't really want to be eating the stuff, you know, local here.
1: Well, I've 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 caught some trout in the bay that that turned out pretty good.
2: Yeah, you fry them up in some hot grease, man. It's delicious.
1: Yeah, you can't you can't beat a good Gulf Coast uh, trout, man. It's good stuff. And they fight like a catfish, man. It takes a minute to get mm-hmm. them in.
0: What kind of stuff do y'all talk? You say you
2: go with your brothers and your your dad, or who who all goes out there fishing with y'all? I mean, me me and my brother normally go the, the distance my dad will do the snapper trips my dad did go 100 miles with this tile fishing this year um he's getting a little older man those that's a that's a rough trip on the body man you don't get your body mm-hmm. back for a couple of days after you spent 24 hours on the water so for sure but yeah me and my brother a lot and then we'll bring a couple people with us
0: okay okay what kind of stuff do y'all talk about out there under the stars and stuff man that's got to bring on some pretty good conversations
1: i i feel like you probably don't talk about anything you guys are probably just absolutely silent
2: and uh just doing man code the whole time it's just you free your mind out there we talk about stuff but mainly it's about what we're doing catching fish and having fun but i mean we're out there to free our minds we don't get too deep yeah. so i go uh i
1: usually once a year i'll have buddies come down Uh, from north of texas and we'll go out with captain frazier on uh on a on a little boat tour uh in the gulf and he'll take us out and he's awesome because he'll he'll treat us like complete crap he'll be like you know what if you guys could cast if you guys could fish man you we'd be catching fish you know if either one of if any one of you could could actually cast a line you could catch some fish so he talks trash on us the whole time which i love i love being made fun of and uh but i've never gone out with captain frazier and not caught just a mess of
2: fish man you know what you always talk about when you're fishing and hunting that next trip yeah that's right that great trip yeah that epic trip you're planning in five years you know we're gonna go to here and catch these fish or we're gonna do a hunting trip in Colorado where you always talk oh, about wow. that. that next no big deal, right? So You're what right.
0: is what does that look like? Where's where's the – if you had a million dollars or if you were well taken care of, everything was taken care of financially, and you could go on any trip hunting and fishing and whatever else, What w- where would you go? What would it be?
2: What would you do? You know why I don't have a bucket list? Cause the can't all fit in the bucket, man. <laughs> right? So, I mean, I would go to Alaska and then I would probably turn around and go to Colorado and then I'd go to Costa Rica. I've oh, had three man. fishing trips in Costa Rica. We've been there three times. Costa Rica, some of the best fishing in the world. Um, it's a, a repeat business, right? But the keys in Florida, taking a fishing trip from the you know Miami to the Bahamas, that would be epic. Wow. have you ever
1: been to uh northern new mexico uh a couple of buddies and i went to uh around the red river area and man we caught a mess of
2: fish we've taught me and my brother have talked a lot about doing a, a freshwater trip we talked more alaska but i mean i'm open right like we haven't done a lot of freshwater fishing so we want to do a trip at some point where we stay four days in the middle of nowhere Well, let me show you some places in Oklahoma because
1: they're all over. (laughs) They are all over. Alaska
2: seems a lot prettier.
0: I was going to say, nobody wants to go fishing in a ditch, Shane. Okay. They're ready for some real water, man. Ready for some action.
2: Well,
1: I can appreciate that. You're not wrong.
0: Right on. Cool, man. Um, So while you're out there deep sea fishing, like, what are the sizes of the the poles and reels that y'all are using? Those things got to be massive. Do y'all have to like oil them as you're bringing them in or letting them out while you're fighting the fish? Is it like a two man job or is it just whoever whoever decides to pick it up and and get ready to reel it in? You're kind of on your own doing all that stuff. Or is that even is that even a thing?
2: Well, I mean, a lot of the fishing we do, we're trolling. So when you're trolling, yeah, you'll have five rods set out, right? Trolling lures. And if a rod gets hit and starts screaming, who picks it up? I'm normally the one that picks it up first, right? (laughs) And then everyone else gets the fish after that. I normally take the first one. I'm not going to lie. It's my brother's boat. He's the captain. He's driving. He wants to make sure the first fish gets to the boat. I normally take it over.
0: Right on. Man, do you have to like buckle into a chair so you don't get yanked out or anything like that
2: yeah i mean if we had that kind of money we would have a chair but we have fighting (laughs) belts we have like stand-up belts right we don't have a chair on the boat we have stand-up fighting belt but we don't pull those out unless you're getting in something crazy i mean we we cast for the tuna right we've got 80 pound tuna casting for them you don't have no fighting belt with that i mean
1: a tuna takes a while to get in man i remember the first tuna i pulled in and i thought i
2: was gonna die like a Volkswagen.
1: Oh, man. it's They flatten out. They flatten out, and uh, you just got to drag them in. And then they, out
2: of nowhere, they just start fighting and running away from you. I can tell you I have the highest mercury levels of any person I know. <laughs> oh, I, eat a, I eat a lot of deep water fish. So that's all I'm going to say.
1: Wow. All, all I'm going to say is I don't know why we haven't gone out together yet, because I'm down with everything you just said.
2: Let's send it all right all right so we'll get, we'll
1: get frank out there and frank, frank may learn. need to be
2: the chaperone yeah maybe yeah I,
1: I think i think you me and frank if we all get out there a little bit we can teach frank how to cast and uh and you and i can reel him in once he catches them.
0: yeah because i ain't putting on no belt because i'm not trying to get yanked in the water i might be as tall and as way as much as one of those fishes be like a cartoon, just me getting like me skiing across the top, skipping around, holding on to this reel because I'm strapped into a belt. Nah. I'll go out there for sure. But it's life changing. It's life changing. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I think the, the furthest think I've I, ever gone out is. I want. I want to get both of
1: you guys on record. We need to make this happen.
0: Be cool. I'm down. I'm down for a bay bay trip for sure.
1: A bay trip? No, you can't. You can't catch you on a bay trip
2: you snapper, to a snapper to <laughs> trip is a good a snapper trip is a good starter you know yeah that's yeah. what we we bring people that they're not sure if they want to do the long distance like go on a 40 mile snapper trip you'll you'll decide after that are you ready for the hundred not many people decide they're ready for the hundred yeah, yeah See,
1: i've done the hundred and i know what throwing up is like and then catching a the fish is like so i'm i'm down is if you guys will uh get together and make it happen i'm there any weekend just give me a call
0: that's pretty cool, man, being able to hand this stuff down to your child, whether it's a boy or a girl. Um, so, in speaking of that, you know, how are you and your wife getting ready for the arrival of your new human? So, do you know if it's going to be a boy or a girl? It's a boy. Obviously, because uh-huh. you said... Little Jack.
2: On. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So what we've been discussing is how early can little Jack go offshore? And the wife did not agree with two years <laughs> old. So we're going to push that back a couple of years, right?
1: Okay. Okay. Uh,
2: but we're preparing. We're preparing slowly, but surely she has this virtual, um, registry, right? Because the, the shower is kind of canceled cause COVID. So they're going to do a drive-by shower. So we're, we're getting stuff slowly, but surely.
0: Okay. Okay. Got your, Uh, got your room painted, got all the baby proofing uh, done and whatnot.
2: I had to make a geometric, um, accent wall. We bought this new house. We moved in early, right after we found out she was pregnant. One of the things we agreed on is we wouldn't do any painting, right? The walls are newly painted. (laughs) Um, and then she was like, well, this one wall. So I painted the wall. Uh,
1: What color? What color?
2: Blue, navy blue. Maybe, it has but... it has rectangles on the wall that we built with one by three. So it's like a Geometric accent wall, but they're all the same color the wall the boards are all blue and then the other walls are gray hmm. Keeping it simple.
0: Okay. Okay What's the what's the one piece of advice? Maybe your your brother or your dad It's given you about, you know, being a dad or anything like that if you if you
2: care to share Piece of advice Oh, man. So I don't you know. Don't,
1: you don't get advice from people? Don't
2: give me some advice. Maybe I just don't. Maybe I don't take it in. Y'all give me some advice. What's I, your one piece of advice, Shane?
1: My, my advice is, uh, you know, let your kid be themselves. Don't try and uh, shape them in your mold. Just let them be them, and you encourage them to be uh, the best they
2: can be. That's and if they're not point. good enough, you whip them with a the belt a little bit. Oh, you hey. know,
1: Boom. I don't know if a belt is, <laughs> is necessary. I mean, a good paddle, you know. Maybe, uh, you know, scare him with a
0: chainsaw. <laughs> scare him with a chainsaw. Man. All right. Watch, let him watch Freddy. And,
2: uh, what is that, Nightmare on Elm Street? Here, watch this. Yeah, watch this. What about this? you, Frank? You, you, you winced when I said belt, so. Um, well, that's I mean, because
0: he was beat by a belt his whole life, yeah, so yeah. He, he, you I know took what, him I know, back to his childhood. I know both ends of the belt. No, man, um, you know, m- my kids are, are a little older. They're like seven and six and eight, sorry. And now when they get rowdy, you know, they we're, we're cooped up in the house and stuff like that. And we even did this beforehand, um, probably right around when they turned four, but when they get real rowdy, you know, I have them running laps outside around our cul-de-sac, you know, doing push-ups in the house, doing squat thrusts, all this stuff, because you got to work that energy out, man. I remember as a kid, when I got in trouble, it was, hey, you go dig a hole outside, or go cut the yard, or go, you, you know, here's dig the- a hole. Yeah, man, my grandpa, he was crazy. He would... You know, you want to mouth off to your grandmother or whatever? He's like, come on, I'll give you some work to do. And he'd just have you dig a random hole in the backyard. Here, Mm -hmm. get yourself to work there. Um, (laughs) You know, it's crazy. Clean something up, do something. And, you know, I find that that really uh, helps them. It helps clear the mind too, right? Because you're not really thinking of anything as you're doing this this, uh, manual task. But, uh, yeah, don't sweat the small stuff is is for sure a a big one for us. You know, you're you're everybody messes up, especially kids. They're learning. Find find coachable moments for your kids. You know, try not to fly off the handle. Um, And definitely, if you do decide to spank, one of the greatest pieces of advice that was given to me from a a friend that I worked with was, you know, if, if you do decide to spank, Make sure that you're in a state of mind to where you're not going to hurt them Um, because, you know, if you spank them, you know, right off the bat, um, sometimes not only are you hurting yourself, but you're hurting the kid too, you know. And I don't mean that you're leaving welts and stuff on them, but like their – your state of mind is a a state of – uh, you know, you want to inflict pain because they might have embarrassed you or they've done something incredibly wrong. So make sure that you're in a state of mind to where you're explaining how come you're having to hit them, you know.
1: How many um, wooden spoons were broken on your backside this time? <laughs> because I have at least a couple dozen <laughs> I've I've got a I've got them all marked up on the wall. I had a lot of wooden spoons broken on my backside.
2: Oh you know, mine was the same belt. That belt, even once the belt broke, it was still the belt. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, for sure. It's yeah, man. Discipline is is
0: um, it has to be there, right? You just have to find your your sense of discipline and what works best for your kids. Cause some kids man, you can beat them till they're black and blue and they still don't learn the lesson, but you put them in their room by themselves and they just hate it. You know,
1: that's what I found with my kids. Um, I, I think I've only spanked each child one time. And from then on, I realized that neither of them are going that, that, that that's the right response for either of them that was the right response for me because I was an idiot and I needed to be spanked. But my son and my daughter, neither of them require quite that forceful, um, of a response. And I found other ways to, to reprimand them that have the right effect.
0: Yeah. What uh, what lane do you plan on going down, Colby? Have you and your wife talked about how y'all gonna discipline? He's gonna
1: she, he's gonna sit there and beat his wife instead. <laughs> no. She's I'm she's
2: sorry. gonna she's gonna be bad cop, let's face it. She she was a teacher for 10 years, so she'll be bad cop. I'm good cop. Okay, um, okay. I would say the, the the spankings and SWATs never worked for me. I would always pick that over getting locked in my room. Um so yeah. I, I always took the easy way out. Even in school, they would send me straight to the coach's office to get a SWAT. I said, I'd, I'd much rather do that than sit in attention for two hours thinking about nothing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I,
1: amen. Every time in school, I would take the squats because yep. I, th- I thought I, I thought I was hardcore.
0: Uh, I remember when one of the first times that I had to get the SWATs, the uh, principal had called my dad and my dad, Came, he got off of work, came over into the office, and the principal was like, Oh, did you have a problem with me hitting your child? He says, Hell yeah, I do. I'm going to hit him. So he took that <laughs> damn paddle away from the principal and he hit me with it. I was like, Oh my, you oh know, my I, God. I much rather would have had it from the principal than my dad.
2: I would say, I got hit a lot harder in school than I ever got hit at home. And I have a feeling if my parents realized how hard some of them old men hit me with a wooden paddle, they probably wouldn't have been cool with it. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they they took it out on you in school, sure at least in my school. At home, you know, the belt was more of something we were scared of. If if we had to go get the belt, we were crying before we got hit because yeah. we knew our parents were so disappointed in us, right? But at school, they just they did it for the pain. Like you said, at school it was like the coach was so pissed off he took the the pain out on you. Yeah,
1: I'm yeah. I'm with you. I got into a a scuffle there in PE in junior high, uh, and it wasn't even my fault. I was just trying to defend myself because I was a little guy and the other guy was a bigger guy. And uh, by the end of it, he was choking me out uh, on the PE floor. And Coach Strickland, who was absentee coach, absentee teacher, came back after we ran laps and ran stairs for 20 or 30 minutes. He was like, what are you all doing? And uh, even though I was getting choked out and getting beat up, I had to get swats. And I was not happy about that. And I told all three coaches because they at the time they were like, "Okay, we have to have multiple Adults present during during swats, and so there were three coaches: the football coach, the baseball coach, and the uh, tennis coach. All all in one office decided to uh, do swats, and and there were pictures of ducks on the wall, right? <laughs> like painting paintings of paintings of ducks, and so the last thing I heard before I got swats was "pick a duck." Oh. And so I picked a duck, and I manned through it. and uh, the other the other kid, who was uh, a little bit older and bigger than me, he came out just crying. his his face was red. he had tears streaming down his cheeks, and I felt like i t- I took it like a man uh, because that did not happen to me. And uh, later, once i once I told my folks that I got SWATs for this, I'm pretty sure. Uh, My dad or my mom called the principal and said, why are you giving my kids swats for getting beat up?
0: (laughs) These are tough enough. You talk about that story about the ducks, man. I remember when my dad gave me those swats, Um, they told me to hold on to the back of this chair. And I remember my dad, like, he would kind of go to swing, he'd bring his arm up and act like he was going to hit me. So you felt that air. And then, yep. and then he would tell me, hang on boy <laughs> boom I, I, I remember you know maybe this is memory burn but I remember jumping over that chair as he you know right after he hit me and just like oh my god it's just the worst pain ever uh, man I
1: knew I knew a kid that got swatched so bad that they they uh, picked him up by his uh, his belt buckles on his Levi jeans and broke his belt buckle.
0: Wow. Man, that's crazy! Yeah, they don't do that anymore at schools. Whew. is that is that good or bad? Maybe that's know. maybe
1: that's good. I don't want my I don't want my kids to be get swats by somebody without uh, me knowing better.
2: Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't let it happen either.
0: Yeah, yeah, because yeah, some people they get they they get way too out of hand with it. Um, but then again, they probably did back then too. They did. Yeah, I'm living proof. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, cool, man. Well, um, thank you so much for joining us tonight. I have absolutely no idea what we're gonna talk about next time. Colby man, if you wanna you know, if your if your kid ever, if you ever let your kid listen to this man, you wanna give him some words of wisdom to live in the in the cloud somewhere.
2: Um yeah listen listen to, to these guys listen to the podcast y'all gave me the advice there you go I, I don't have wisdom yet i gotta earn it you have a lot of white hair so i'm gonna listen to your advice <laughs> You you've that wisdom. i have not earned the wisdom yet I, I hope i do in short order it's gotta happen fast right no no it doesn't happen fast
1: it, it doesn't happen fast <laughs> it doesn't have to happen fast it, it's no. a
2: gradual experience
1: um I I'm 45. I've got a 12-year-old and an 11-year-old and I don't really feel like I'm wise enough to even be able
2: to lead them. So, yeah. Don't We're ever gonna have f- a lot of fun. So that's what matters, right? There you that's, go. Yep. That's
1: the deal. Make sure your kids have fun growing up.
2: Mhm.
1: And and take and take uh, Frank and I fishing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, everyone have a good night.
1: But the important part is, did the brisket come out okay? I was going to ask.
2: Shooting deers and drinking beers. And if they're not good enough, you whip them with a belt a little bit.